Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Pass the Torch for episode four. As today we welcome on one of the greatest players to ever play the sport of lacrosse and Miles Jones. We chat about how he fell in love with the game, his illustrious career at Duke University, including some great stories from his two national championship runs, his take on the future of the PLL, and the impact he hopes to make beyond the field as a role model to so many kids. Miles is an awesome storyteller, so I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Today, Torch Pro welcomes on current PLL superstar, two-time national champion, and first-team All-American at Duke University, Miles Jones. Miles, thanks for joining us today. Super pumped to have you on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so today's conversation, we'll talk a lot about your journey, your career, kind of where you are today, and some of your goals going forward, but I'd love to start where it all began. And just so, where'd you grow up playing the game of lacrosse, and how'd you fall in love with it? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a Long Island guy. Uh, I think a lot of people forget that about me just because, uh, you know, I don't necessarily have the Long Island accent. Uh, <laughs> not and, a flid. You know, yeah, not a flid, but uh, I, I identify with that a little bit, I guess. But, um, you know, for me, I grew up playing lacrosse. I started playing in sixth grade, actually. So my sports career started when I was, you know, eight years old. That's when I was seven years old. When I started playing soccer and I was playing basketball probably a little before then. But, um, you know, I started playing football when I was nine. You know, I think uh, my mom and dad quickly got me out of soccer when I was slide tackling little girls, (laughs) you know, so co-ed. But, uh, you know, I started playing, you know, well after after starting playing sports. You know, I fell in love with sports. It was just, you know, I was an active kid. You know, my family played, everyone in my family played sports. My mom played sports. Uh, My dad played three sports. My uncle played three sports. Uh, my cousin played um, a couple sports. So like, you know, sports just kind of ran in our family and it was just, you know, something that we just did, you know? So uh, yeah, I kind of followed suit and I started playing lacrosse in sixth grade and where I fell in love with the game was, you know, I, was, I fell in love because I sucked, honestly, you know, playing sports from a young age, I kind of caught on things athletically pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just playing lacrosse, it just was a little bit different, hard to catch on to um you know no pun intended it was hard to catch you know throw and then get the hang of the game but you know being being a good athlete and someone who's you know known amongst my peers to be a good athlete and good at sports uh, I couldn't let myself you know be just an average you know lacrosse player so the love came when I just simply just wanted to get better you know like anything you do it often it becomes part of you uh, you know, playing wall ball and playing lacrosse and shooting and practicing on my own became, you know, part of who I was. And, you know, I just carried over the same work ethic from playing other sports into lacrosse, but gave that a little bit more gas because I thought I needed it. And, um, you know, it became just something I loved. And, you know, I think when, you, when I look back at it, a lot of people always ask me why I chose lacrosse, you know, for the long run is because, you know, when you're a kid, and you're playing sports, you know, you, you do it for fun. Right. You do it you're having fun, you do it to be active, yeah. you're doing it because your, your boys are playing. And for me, when it came down to you know, practice, which is obviously an essential part of, you know, yeah. being a good athlete, I just fell in love with practicing the sport of lacrosse. Football was a little bit of a drag, you know, it was, got a little cold during the you know, later part of the season and, you know, playing quarterback, getting hit, you know, hand, you know, follow through, hitting people's helmets and, you know, standing on the sideline when we were doing certain drills, yeah. you know, wasn't, wasn't all that great, you know, for me, basketball was great. It was just a lot. And I felt like, you know, everybody played basketball, you know, everybody was trying to go pro. I had, you know, pro dreams as a kid too. You know, my growth spurt stopped at six, four, six, five, but you know, a lot of my teammates, they grew to be six, eight, six, nine. They, you know, are still playing pro basketball, but 
you know, I think lacrosse just kind of just spoke to me in terms of just the sport itself and then just kind of just falling in love with the game through the practice. Yeah, and I think it's super important for any kid growing up, right, to play those multiple sports. So I, I played lacrosse in college as well, but I also played the football, the basketball growing up in high school. And I think it speaks to like and helps a lot with your development on the lacrosse field, playing those other sports. So super cool. And then you kind of mentioned it, but when did it kind of set in and put it in your mindset that you wanted to become a professional lacrosse player? When, when did that become your goal? Yeah, I mean, you know, that was uh, I think when I was a sophomore in college, was when kind of lacrosse became pro lacrosse came like you know a goal of mine you know as a yeah. freshman in college I was just you know I was a kid who you know was shocked to be at Duke University yeah. just coming from you know Long Island Huntington and you know my family no one went to you know school that big and and whatnot but you know being at Duke was like one of those things like wow I'm actually here you know, I'm just trying to enjoy this. And, you know, my goals for myself weren't super lofty as a freshman. I knew I was going to play just from, you know, fall ball and, you know, the way the way coaches positioned me. You know, I was running with the first midfield line. I was running with the second midfield line. You know, I was doing a lot. Of, I was getting a lot of reps. So I was like, hey, listen, I know I'm going to play. So for me, my goals were I wanted to play in every game. Yep. Score a goal and assist in each game. Do what I can do to help the team. So, uh, you know. Had a good freshman season. We won. We were fortunate to win a national championship. I wasn't a huge part of like you know that, but you know I scored a goal in a national championship game and I played in the playoffs. So like you know I did I did what I was you know supposed to do. And you know, my sophomore season was kind of when you know I took things a little a little bit more seriously. You know I started working, you know putting in extra work. Yeah. Whether it was on the field in the weight room, uh, watching more film, just studying the game a little bit more. And, you know, my career kind of took off, you know, I, w I had a great season. And then, you know, people were talking about, hey, this kid can definitely play at the next level. But the funny thing about the sport of lacrosse is that, you know, you don't talk about people playing at the next level until you're done. Right. So, you know, when I was being compared to, you know, guys that were playing uh, professionally, I was like, hey, maybe, you know, this is a thing for me. And the cool thing about, you know, my transition between freshman and sophomore year, or even just like, stepping on campus my freshman year to the end of my freshman year, you know, I became a role model for a lot of kids. And, you know, people always talk about, you know, pro sports and, you know, the demographic of kids who are playing and you know, especially from the lower, you know, from the ground up, you know, I became, you know, an inspiration for a lot of minority kids. So it was kind of cool that, you know, it was, it was kind of twofold. It was me realizing I could play at the next level and, and then on the other side, it was, hey, like, if I were to pursue this, this would be pretty inspirational yeah. for a lot of kids who you know, want to play the sport. Yeah, I, like, like it's more than a game, right? And I think I was going to hit on this later on the interview, and I've heard you talk about it a bit on some other interviews, but being a minority, what, what is it like for you to kind of almost carry that torch? And how important is it for you to spread diversity in the game of lacrosse? Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. You know, I didn't necessarily, um, you know, <clears throat> not that I don't enjoy that responsibility it's not something that I actually sought out to right. you know, to be <clears throat> so you know it, it is a, a big responsibility because you know I carry myself in a different way and in a different light because of you know the position I'm in I've always been a kid who kind of watched you know what I was doing made sure I kept a clean nose made sure I stand out of trouble but you know I think being you know being that you know I'm, I'm a minority in you know, a predominantly white sport, as people like to characterize across, 
I think, you know, a lot of things that I do under a microscope of these young kids who, hey, I want to, I want to be, you know, the next Kyle Harrison, I want to be the next Miles Jones, I want to be the next, you know, quote unquote superstar athlete in the sport. And for anyone to want to, you know, aspire to be in that position, you have to watch the people that come before you. Like I watched Kyle growing up and I, you know, I talked about it all the time when he and I were teammates for the past two seasons and beyond because he's my mentor. But I always joked around. I was like, hey, you know, I used to watch you when I was in sixth grade. Like, you know, I, I had no hair on my legs, you know, <laughs> not a you know, squealy voice. And, you know, I used to watch you you were in college, just joke around and kind of age him. But that's, you know, that's exactly what some kid is probably doing to me that I don't know yet. And, you know, for me to be in that position for somebody who's watching that, you know, I may not know, you definitely want to be, you know, the best uh, role model for that person. Yep. And I think that's what's so special about sports. And I love seeing Kyle's career. I was a huge fan too growing up and retired this year, obviously. But um, I think that's what's awesome about sports. It gives you guys a platform, right? To tell your story, to have this influence be on the field and, and do things that you guys want to do in a positive light. So it's super cool. And so I want to throw it back. We were talking a little bit about your first two seasons at Duke. And so you won two national championships. But what was that transition like coming from prep school? And then, like like you said, you scored a goal in the national championship. But what was it like contributing immediately uh, to a, a championship team at the D1 level at Duke? Yeah, I mean, you know, the cool part about it was that I think I came into Duke at a pretty cool time. You know, I, I like to tell stories about, you know, my uh, experience at Duke just because Koshinowski was so special. Yeah. And the things he did and the way he brought our team together. And I remember my freshman year coming in, you know, um, fresh off prep school, I'm a little bit fit more physically mature. Um, you know, <clears throat> I'm excited because, you know, there's a lot of hype around me coming to Duke. You know, the midfield spots were you know, open for competition, you know, we had, we didn't really have anybody coming back in our senior class that had kind of proved themselves. So those seniors kind of had a chip on their shoulder and then coach Janowski was kind of battling that whole, you know, make it to the final four and lose, right. you know, a little cloud over their head. So remember coach Janowski, um kicked us out of the locker room before the season even started. Like we had no locker room, we had no laundry, we had no gear. Is this in fall ball? This is fall ball. Yeah. So I'm a freshman. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so sick. I'm playing at Duke. <laughs> and we had to carry our equipment from our dorm to practice, our practice back to the dorm, and then go to class. So, and we had no washer, dryer. So we had all our stuff after practice on a loop. <clears throat> the seniors took it, washed it for us, brought it back to us for practice the next day. So he kind of set the tone that, listen, you guys have to earn everything you get, which is cool. So, you know, I'm already, you know, obviously, you know, wide-eyed and excited. And now we have to go through, you know, proving to Koshinowski that, you know, we're deserving of the locker room, you know, all the, the perks that come from being a Duke lacrosse player. And then on the flip side, there were, it was a senior class that they won a national championship as a freshman, final four loss, final four loss in their, their last season. And Coach Nancy was letting them have it. Hey, listen, you guys got to prove yourselves as leaders. There's a, a really talented freshman group coming in. They want to play. They're probably a little bit, feel a little bit entitled because, you know, there's the best recruiting class we've had in a long time. And, you know, 
they feel like they're ready to play right away. Yeah. So we got a freshman class with, with a chip on our shoulder, but we're kind of confused because we don't have anything. And then a senior class is a chip on their shoulder because, you know, Coach Nowski's building that for them. Right. So, you know, I came in, I was excited. You know, I was playing with, you know, Jake Chapuka, who, you know, I was a big basketball fan growing up. So, you know, his dad being, you know, pro basketball player was super cool to me. I, he took me on my official visits. I stayed with him. <clears throat> Dave Lawson, I remember seeing Dave Lawson on the, on the inside of the cross magazine. It was so cool. Josh Offit was a guy who, you know, a little undersized, played attack, played midfield. So we had three senior midfielders who were, hadn't really proven themselves and they were our leaders. Right. And I'm a freshman coming in, Deemer class is with me. So he and I kind of, you know, bonded over just the struggle of being young guys who wanted to play and were good enough to play. And, you know, it was a roller coaster. You know, I played, <clears throat> pretty well freshman year in, in fall ball earned a start in midfield spot so now like we come back to school and I'm you know wow I'm on first midfield line like I can't mess this up played well you know scored my first goal in the first weekend of the season and he was all excited you know scored a goal here and there got hurt hurt my hamstring so that was tough for me because I was on the first midfield line and I was excited about that. And, you know, people were talking about it and it was a big deal. And I got hurt, hurt my hamstring for two. I think I was out for two games mm-hmm. trying to just get that back together. And then I got moved to the second midfield line. That's when me and Deemer kind of started, started to grow together. You know, yeah. me and him started playing well together. You know, I dodge, you know, throw the ball to him. He shoots it. And that became just, you know, the age old story for four. four Talk years. about a duo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it, it was it was definitely a roller coaster. And then by the time we got to about the playoffs, things kind of slowed down for me. I kind of I, I settled in. I was done my first school year at Duke. You know, I knew I, I knew what you know I was to expect next time around. And it was playoff time and I'm living at the seniors house because we had to move off campus. <clears throat> so I'm living with Dave Lawson, Jake Chapuka. I'm living with uh, Luke Dupree, Josh Dion and Brendan Fowler so we got a that's a house of you know <laughs> of some pretty some pretty uh interesting characters and, and great lacrosse players so you know I just kind of learned a lot from those guys you know going to practice and hanging out with them and them talking about their experience so I think the overall leadership from those guys and the maturation of their leadership from the time we got to campus as freshmen to the end of the season we definitely learned a lot from them, which I was able to take forward going, you know, into the later part of my career. Yeah. It's amazing. And so now I played at lacrosse Colgate. And so um, we didn't have too many winning seasons. Love the guys I played with and played for, but never got that chance to feel like a championship win. So is there any better feeling than a championship W? There isn't because, you know, I think the two that we were fortunate to win, they were both very special, but different. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, we played against Notre Dame. That was, you know, an overtime game where Dave Lawson scores a game winner and he had five goals that game. And, you know, Dave Lawson, I remember Dave Lawson's stat line uh, for the season. He was like, he had scored like maybe like 26 goals and like 12 assists. He was like the first single American. He was like, you know, the guy. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we get to that championship game we beat uh, we beat Cornell the game before then, which was you know a big game. We we're playing against Rob Pinnell. He was you know a fifth a fifth year guy, you know Torton winner, best player in the country, right. and you know he was just you know really, he was really good. 
And then so the following the following game we played against um, Syracuse and we're playing in Philadelphia. And, you know, there are a lot more people who go to Syracuse and go to Duke. You know, we have 6,000 undergrads at Duke. Syracuse has probably, you know, a billion kids that go there. Yeah. And the I think the lacrosse lineage of Syracuse is, runs much deeper than it does at Duke. We, we have guys come back from the 80s and they're like, yeah, we played club lacrosse here at Duke. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, and these guys are talking about Gary Gate, you know, the Powell. Right. It's, it's a, just a different ball game in terms of the longevity of the sport at each university. And I remember <laughs> we come out and I, I didn't really notice this, the, the crowd at the, in the beginning of the game. But Where when, was the game? It was at um, Eagle Stadium, so uh, Lincoln Financial. Yep. And Syracuse scores the first goal. And the place erupted. And I'm like, wow, there, there's actually a lot of orange in here. And <laughs> had like a little sliver, like one section yeah. of blue. And they went on to score the next five goals after that. We hadn't scored a goal yet. So it's six to zero in the first at the start of the second quarter, it was five zero after the first quarter and they scored the first goal in the second quarter. So I'm looking around like, wow, we made it all the way here and we're playing national championship game is always on ESPN and we're getting smoked six to zero. And I was like, wow, I, I was like, wow, I feel really bad. And in my, in my head, I remember thinking, I feel really bad for these guys. You see the senior class because I, I remember looking back on what they had to go through in order to get the team here right from the from the first you know three four weeks of you know coach being hard on them and them having to take care of us all the way to you know the last game the last time we all play together and it's six to zero i don't know what happened you know brendan fowler was winning all the faceoffs too we just couldn't score right and then we just we forgot who scored the first goal i think might have been jordan wolf scored the first goal Jake Shapuka scored one, then I scored one, and then Brendan Fowler, I don't think he lost a faceoff from that point on. And we ended up winning the game 16 to 10 after being down 6-0. So that was special because, you know, that was a comeback. And I think it kind of just was the total story of that season in one game. It was, right. you know, we, we had our backs against the wall. Coach didn't give us anything. And we just grew together, grew together, grew together. And then that was the final thing. It was just like, at that point, we were just a great team. We won games by one goal, two goals during the playoffs leading up to that in order to get there. So that was a really cool feeling. And obviously being a freshman and being a young guy, being able to you know get on the board in the game and especially, on, you know, kind of help spark that run was, right. was super cool. And then my sophomore year, Obviously, the pressure's on. You lose three All-American midfielders. Like I said before, guys who hadn't proved themselves. So now they're All-American midfielders and they're gone. And now you have, you know, one kid who played a bunch his freshman year, another kid who played a bunch his freshman year, and Christian Walsh, who was a converted attackman to play midfield because we wanted uh, Case Mathias to play. Right. So we just had so many weapons that we were moving people around. And now we have two freshman guys coming in their sophomore year and a senior who's playing his, you know, second season as a midfielder. So people kind of wrote us off. And it turned out that, you know, fall ball coach kind of saw what was going to happen. He saw that, you know, 
you know, I was a guy who could dodge and, you know, move the ball. And then Christian Walsh is a guy who was completely selfless. He didn't mind throwing the ball to me and Deemer and who could, you know, we could shoot it from deep. We can, you know, dodge bad approaches. And then we had, you know, Jordan Wolf, who was the best player in the country that year, throwing the ball to Josh Dion, who scored 50 goals and missed the playoffs because he hurt his knee. So like we had, we were, we were the best team that year. If we didn't win, it was going to be a problem, but people didn't know that we were the best team. And then people didn't know that that was the case until we started the season. But that one was cool because we had a lot of pressure on us because people quickly found out that we were a serious team. We were scoring 17 goals a game and, you know, we started off well. We lost to Maryland. We lost to Loyola back-to-back games. So coach said, okay, you guys think you're really good. And now you lost two games in a row. And the worst part about it was that after we lost those two games, we had to go to the White House for the national championship like stuff. Really? So like we were all like pissed off and like we had lost two games and you know the alumni were coming back. So it was like hard to be happy after those two <laughs> games. Coaches giving it to us, and we're seeing the guys that we won the championship with the year before. And it's just like you know, it was tough to be excited. And, but, you know, I think that kind of turned the season around, like being able to just see those guys and those guys right. were talking to them, hey, listen, it's okay. Like, listen, think about what we did. We, we were two and four in the beginning of the season last year. You guys are four and two and everything's going to be okay. Right. And then I don't think we lost a game from that point on. We won maybe like eight or nine games straight. And then we actually played Syracuse in the ACC tournament and lost that game in overtime. And, I think we needed that loss. Yeah. And it recentered us. We were like, okay, listen, this is the last time we could lose or else we're going home. It's better now than later. It recentered us. We refocused. And then we just went on a tear. We, you know, blew Air Force out, blew Hopkins out, beat Denver by four, and then ended up beating Notre Dame by two. But we were beating them by like six the whole game. But so that was just that was a good season for us because you know it was vastly different from the year before. But you know it's crazy the journey you get to win a championship. It all feels the same at the end, but the journey is definitely always different. Yeah, and I think you don't see a lot of repeat champions in sports, right? Because of that target on your back. So sometimes that that repeat is, is feels a lot better than the first one because of the journey sure. and the, the roller coaster you have to take to get there. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, unbelievable career at Duke. And so I want to flash forward a little bit to your professional cross career now. And so you spent some time in the MLL. And then I guess looking back at 2019, the PLL was founded and all the games, biggest stars, they joined that league. So what was that transition like for you as a player joining that new league, kind of new culture, new energy? Um, just, yeah, walk us through kind of that process and what it was like for you. Yeah, you know, it was, I think the cool part about the PLL was that, you know, it was everything the players wanted and needed that we thought was going to happen years ago and it finally you know came to fruition so i remember 2018 my last year with the bayhawks and the last year of solely one one league i was i was a little bummed out because i knew that that core that group that we had was going to come to an end and you know, people always talk about it like, oh, wow, if you guys, your face-off guy didn't get hurt in the meaningless game before the playoffs, you guys would have won the championship. You know, our team was loaded. It was me, Colin Heacock, Josh Byrne. We had Matt Donowski, Matt Abbott, Lyle Thompson, uh, Steele Stanwick. Like, our team, top to bottom, was, you know, legit. 
and we lost to the you know eventual champions we lost to them by one and i think we won like maybe i want to say maybe four out of like 27 face-offs yeah so you know, i was a little bummed out because i figured i felt that that was you know my first <clears throat> you know my first pro championship chance and obviously you know such as sports you know injuries happen but i feel like when the PLL came back, it was a new chance for us to kind of elevate our platforms before we even did anything. Premier Lacrosse League was a big, you know, big topic. Paul did a really good job of putting that in the spotlight prior to even playing a game. Right. And we delivered as promised. I think there was, you know, I think it was like 60% of the games, 65% of the games were one goal games, whether it was overtime or just like one goal, you know, by the finish. And it was exciting lacrosse. It was the field was shorter, <clears throat> 52 seconds on the shot clock instead of 60. It was, you know, every player on the team was really good. Really good. And got there. And like when you see the le- the the amount of guys that weren't on the rosters, it was like, damn, like you could literally pick three guys from each team and make a full team and you can see those guys up as, as the, the extra team. Right. And it still is like that now. Like yeah. we had guys on our team that didn't play. And I'm like, wow, this dude had like one of the best college careers. And this guy had a great college career. This guy had a good career. This guy was a great player, you know, in the MLL and, and whatnot. So the competition is stiff, you know, guys, you can tell like guys were showcasing their off season workouts and guys were working a little harder, you know, with the, the higher pay kind of up the ante and guys were really, uh, you know, making, making sure that they were showing up because they knew what kind of, um, you know, show was about to happen. And in 2019, it was, it was exciting. We played on NBC sports and NBC, we played, you know, games on, you know, national television, people were, that don't even like know anything about lacrosse that I'm friends with, they would be like, yo, look, and I would get videos of me like on, you know, on actual TV, go, go to like random bars at night and they'd be replaying the games right. and stuff. It's like, it was a really cool moment because, you know, when you're a young kid, you know, flashback into that kid who, you know, started playing lacrosse and no matter what sport you play, the coolest part about playing sports is playing on TV. Yeah. Totally. If you're a pro, if you're a pro athlete, you want to play on TV. You want to, you know, have mom, dad, sister, uncle, aunt, grandma watch the game from the couch and be be able to be proud that hey, that yeah. that's you know that's my family member on the TV, and you know that's really cool to see them work hard, and I understand like what they went through in order to get there. Yep, hundred cool percent. Yeah, and it's cool if we're like, you know, young kids just just to see, you know, their favorite players on TV. You know, yeah. I, th- I think that's just the coolest part. You know, we take it for granted, I think, sometimes just because, like, we're obviously in the moment and we're, you know, super hyper competitive and we're trying to figure out, you know, different ways to win and all this stuff. And then you see a little kid who loves the sport. They stop you and like, hey, listen, I watched this game, watched that game, watched this game. And you did this, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, wow, like you actually sat there and watched all of that. And, you know, it was a pretty cool moment. So I think the PLOs did a really good job of marketing you know, building the social media around the, around the league, uh, putting us in the best position to be successful, telling stories throughout the season, um, and just really putting on, on a show from, from top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, they've done an unbelievable job. And so, like, as a lacrosse 
player growing up, I'm obviously going to tune in and watch the games because I'm a lacrosse fan. But I think the PLL really like hit that next level when you started seeing, like you said, the non-lacrosse fans who had not really been introduced to the sport yet, like really diving in, like consuming the games. I think that's really just elevated the game of lacrosse a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's been really cool to see. Big fan of the PLL. And I guess is there is there any like one thing that you're excited about for the league's future? Yeah, I think um, I'm not sure they haven't mentioned anything. I, they haven't alluded to anything either about another team, but, you know, just the overall expansion each year, <clears throat> I think it's pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, when COVID hit, I think that was probably the coolest slate of games. Like we were right. going to play in Portland, we were going to play in all different places all over the country, which was, you know, my favorite thing. I think that's the coolest part about the PLL. Like it's cool to like have a home base and you see the same fans and like, you get the whole, you know, fan of um, team to, you know, organization camaraderie and all that stuff. But I think being able to travel to different, you know, locations is, you know, super cool as, as an athlete. You know, you get to, sometimes I like to throw camps the same week as I play in certain games. That means I get to be around some of the youth, pro, uh, youth players in that area. And then I get to see them at the game. So it's cool. Like, you know, working out with the guys, you know, taking them through drills, doing all different things. I'm shooting with them. They get seat up, up, up close and like, oh, wow. Like I see that's what it's like to do it on a practice level. Turn around two days later and come to the game and get to see, and then I'm, I get to see them in the stands. And it's just a cool thing. I get to see two sides of me. I get to see coach me and then get to see, you know, locked in, you know, player version of me. So um, just the overall travel aspect is just my favorite because get to see so many different things and like obviously like people don't know our day-to-day when we're you know on on the road but you know we we get there we have practice we have practice and then we do have some downtime where we get to go you know hang out around the city go eat something you know look up places to like eat that are like famous you know must eat places go to the mall hang out do like you know normal people's stuff and it's cool to be able to do that in different places it's awesome You've mentioned you, you do camps and whatnot. Is is Coach Miles Jones in your future? Uh, you know, it's funny. I was actually, uh, you know, talking to my fiance about that the other day. She was like, what are you going to do when you're done coaching? And I was like, well, I mean, I mean, done playing. I was like, you know, for me, like, I'm super into business. Like, I'm, like, trying to find, like, a new, like, hobby that makes me money right now. Just, mm-hmm. like, something fun. You know, I went to Duke and studied marketing, so – a lot of, and I'm, you know, very into the like, social media and all that stuff. So I'm trying to find like a company that wants me to help them with their social media stuff, just, just for fun, you know, get paid a little bit, you know, vacation money or something fun. Totally. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I see all the guys that coach the pro game and I, you know, I think they live a great lifestyle in terms of whether they coach, you know, college and, and pro where they coach just pro and, you know, have their hand at other, other, you know, levels of the sport. I do, you know, I, coaching is something that I would be interested in because it's like, you know, coaching grown men is so different because oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like, you, it's like your personality as a coach matters for sure. Right. More than necessary X's and O's because you're coaching the best players in the world. You know, you can draw a play. They're going to go out there and do whatever it is they do. And, and, and do a similar rendition of what you drew up and it, it'll work because of who is on the field rather than what you drew on the board. hundred percent. So like when I think about like coach Nat, this is a funny story. Uh, we were this season in Albany and, you know, it was one of those things where like, 
the season was kind of spread out. We had a game here. Yeah, we were, you know, by game, by game. And then <laughs> towards the end of the season, you could tell guys were just so bogged down because we had a game. And then we had another game. And then we had two games on the last weekend of the season. So it was the last weekend of the season. And, you know, just natural end of the season aches. Guys moving a little slower, you know, didn't practice, turn it on for the game, which is, you know, natural in pro sports. And I remember, um, I think I threw like a skip pass, like, and one of the defensemen like tipped it out of bounds and, or they picked it off or, or tipped it and the goalie caught it or whatever. And like, yeah, you know, if you ever, I mean, Coach Janowski knows this about me too, but like, if I'm in practice and I'm, and I see something open, I'm going to throw it right with no consequence and when i get to the game i'm also gonna because i do it in practice i'm gonna do it in the game and it's gonna it's, it works more often than not because i throw with with no conscience in the in practice right so you know like with any good player you take the good with the, you take the bad with the good and the good outweighs the bad and you just gotta move on with it so we were doing man up and like it had been a while i think it had been a couple of weeks before we got back together so like you know, sticks were a little rusty, guys. Timing was a little off. You just got to get that back in practice. I threw a skip pass, and somebody knocked it down, whatever. Threw another one, and someone knocked it down. And it's you're playing at your teammates. They see you do it all the time. They know it's coming. It's, you know, whatever. So, Coach, <laughs> Coach, uh, we were moving the ball again, and Coach just blew the whistle. He started yelling, and my back was too, turned to, like, kind of turned to him, and I was looking at him, and I guess he felt like my body language was you know Classic. dismissive yeah he just freaked out like <laughs> like screaming at he wasn't screaming at me directly saying my name but he was addressing the body language and i had just thrown another another pass that got knocked down so he was more or less talking about me indirectly and everyone knew that and whatever. And for me, like, I think I just, I think I threw a skip pass, like on the next play <laughs> that actually worked. So worked. like, it was, <laughs> he just like, was like, whatever. And just kept, kept moving. But like, like after that practice, I went out and I had a game where, you know, I had seven points and then we turned around and played the chaos next, the next game. And I had like five points. So I had a 12 point weekend and, you know, the personality of the coach and coaching grown men, I think that that mesh is, is, is a unique one, but, you know, I think I have the personality to coach pro players, especially having been there, you know, understanding that whole dynamic and, you know, I play, I try to play GM a little bit with coach Nat, like, Hey, listen, this guy, he said he doesn't, you know, necessarily, you know, love the system he's in, that we should get him. Da, da, da. So, like, That's I think cool. I'm cut out for it. That's cool. That's a cool aspect of that relationship. I like that. Yeah. Um, something Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to do this year at the Packers. Exactly. <laughs> need, need more of that. Um, no, that's awesome. Good to hear. And so now I guess turn only a few more questions here before we finish off with like a rapid fire um, segment. But what is your off season looking like? I know you're down in Florida right now, but kind of just walk us through that. How often do you train? When do you start to ramp it up right before the season starts and things like that? Yeah. So as of now, I train three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. <clears throat> My training regimen is pretty much, you know, on Monday, I do pretty heavy lifting. It's, yeah. you know, bench press, 50 reps of bench, 50 reps of curl to press, 50 reps of squat, 50 reps of deadlift. So it, it's a 
pretty intense workout, but you know, I'm not sweating a bunch. Um, just really grinding and, and, you know, lifting heavy, heavy weights. Wednesday is usually, um, a little bit more explosive day. So I'll do like circuits where I'm doing box jumps. I'm doing, you know, different small muscles and whatnot. And then Friday is usually the day where I was joking around saying that's, that's how I earned my weekend on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'll do 45 seconds on 10 seconds rest and I'll do nine different workouts in like a heat and large area. And I'll do that five times. I get like a little bit of rest in between each full set of nine yeah. workouts. But uh, then he'll flip, I'll usually do it six times, it'll be three, uh, three of the nine workouts, he'll flip it and they'll do like seven, I'll do three of those, three rounds of those and I'll be smoked and I'll just right. be like laying around. But in between that, I, you know, I just started, um, you know, trying to play golf a little bit. You know, a lot of, a lot of great courses down here. Uh, a lot of my friends got into golf recently. Uh, which is fun because, you know, we're all, we used to party and hanging out together all the time when, you know, I first, you know, graduated. What'd you shoot so, yesterday? Uh, I shot in the low nineties. So there you go. It's not bad. That's good. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's fun though. Cause like we took the, the young aspect of us and we just got together and, you know, we're doing, we're doing it as, as grownups almost have, uh, significant others so they yeah. have been more more safe with us <laughs> you know the golf course yeah. but um but it's it's fun man it's just it's it's cool because you know, i'm super competitive and when i'm not playing i like to i like to have something that like totally. gets competitive juices flowing so golf is one of them you know, i've always been a pretty big video game person um you know it's just since I was actually a young kid, me and my best friend since kindergarten, we used to stay up as late as possible when we were like nine, 10, 11, 12, you know, playing, you know, Halo, like the, the first. God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like I did that in high school too. And, you know, I don't do it as much now, um, you know, significant other, you know, they try to get you to hang out with them more than you, you know, clicking buttons and staring at screens, but totally. But, uh, you know, I, I, that also gets my competitive juices flowing. You know, I played the Xbox with other pro lacrosse players. You know, I was uh, not so long ago, I was playing with, it was me, Kyle Hartzell, and Marcus Holman. And it's just, you know, it's just all fun and jokes, and it's, it's always good. Are you into uh, Twitch at all, live streaming? So I used to do Twitch a bunch. Um, the funny thing is, you used to do Twitch on, like, other people's channels, like, as like, yeah. a guest um but you know I, I always want to start my own twitch you know i kind of flirted with the idea of building out a little office where i can you know do work and then you know flip it over to you know the, the uh the xbox on the, on the monitor but um i think life took a little bit of a different turn and you know, I, you know now i'm still playing on the, on the big screen every time every time every chance i get for right. sure right that's <laughs> awesome um that's cool man and so now a few more here just but like Hopefully we can dive into more products right at Torch Pro and do some cool things in the off season, maybe even in season. But what kind of aspects of your life are, are you hoping and willing to share while using the Torch Pro platform that people might not know about you? Yeah, I think my day-to-day life, I think some of the interests that, um, you know, I have like golf, I think would be cool. Just kind of like a walk and talk, you know, like while I play, you know, talk about just random things that, you know, I'm into random things, like my, like things I enjoy, like music. I love music. So yes. like the other day, like I was, you know, bored and I watched a two hour documentary that Drake, that Drake did. Uh, when he just talked about like a lot of things leading up to his album and all the 
conflicts of you know who he became as an artist and mm. you know the relationships and you know the music and why he did this made this move versus this move so i like i like all that stuff i grew up a jay-z fan so i like to read a lot about jay-z and like what he does and I think all these, you know, big music moguls and all the things they do navigate around the, the music industry, which, you know, is unanimously known to, you know, not necessarily be in the artist's best interest. Yeah. I like to just see how, like, those people navigate those things, knowing that they're going into something that's a passion of theirs that comes with hardships that are, you know, inevitable. Yep. So, you know, I like, I like music a lot. I like, you know video games too like that's one big a big thing i like to talk about and, and talk about the different you know generations of games and, and whatnot so i mean i have a lot of interests where you know i could just sit and talk about you know whatever really awesome. sports is a big one you know i grew up a basketball fan so I, I see the game on a different level grew up a football fan and player you know i see the game on a different level you know, i like to watch documentary i watched a kd documentary the other day um, and I watched, uh, you, saw, you see the uh, Chips episode with Draymond Green and uh, yeah. I watched that. that and, yeah, I watched, that was great. And I watched that and like, right after that, I just watched like a 20 minute video of Katie highlights and like, you know, love Katie. He's right. like, you know, one of the, the coolest players. I think for, for me, like, I kind of identify with Katie. Katie's, you know, a bigger player. You know, I was a bigger basketball player when I was growing up and I played guard because I just didn't want to be under the basket or solely a you know, big, you know, big man. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that kind of translates into my the way I play the game of lacrosse. Like, you know, I think about being in the post as in people just say, oh, you could just run through everybody and score. Sure. But then One part. it's more work one it hurts a little bit too (laughs) my career would probably be you know four years you know shorter than what it could be if you know i played the game the way kd plays a basketball game right the finesse game the mixture with the power game being able to be the guy who facilitates but also be the guy who takes over the game so, you know, I, I like, you know, I've always liked him and LeBron, like their games, not because they're the two best players right now, but because of the way they play the game and, mm-hmm. you know, playing basketball is a similar way translated to my lacrosse game. So I, you know, I still follow the way those guys, you know, are going, um, you know, about their business. So I think, I think, you know, I have plenty of interest and, in, you know, I think, you know, walking nine or 18 holes together would be uh, pretty cool. A good time for sure. And I think it's interesting you talk about just sitting down walking, watching a documentary. Maybe it's Drake or KD. And I think that's the cool thing about sports. We talked about earlier. It's like the fact that you can have those platforms and you go and watch those things and, and social media or, or wherever it may be. And then you just become a fan. And it's cool that way. So I, I like how media is kind of ever changing. And I think Torch Pro presents a cool opportunity for people to kind of dive in, learn more about players and their favorite athletes and kind of emulate that. So final question here before the rapid fire um, what's one piece of advice that you've learned kind of throughout your journey your career that you could pass along to any general fan maybe they're a sports guy maybe they're not on um, that they could just apply to their everyday life yeah i think uh for one thing i was actually thinking about this you know today and just thinking about how it's applicable to not just you know people when you play sports but um everything in life when it comes to you know young if you're a young kid trying to you know, make some money here, make some money there, you know, going about, you know, trying to figure out what your passion is, just do as much as possible. Yep. You know, I think for me, 
I, I definitely capitalized on that. And I was thinking about now how I do a little bit less in terms of, you know, lacrosse, you know, running around and whatnot. You know, when I was younger, I graduated college and I played pro lacrosse and I was working with Adidas. So I was, you know, heavily working with them and I was doing camps and clinics, you know, left and right. And I was like, wow, like I was looking back on it. And I was like, wow, like I, I must have been tired. <laughs> but then, I, then again, I thought like, I don't even know if I was tired because like, I can't remember. But I know I did so much then that set me up to figure out what my passion was. And now I was thinking like, you know, I, I really, I really want to get back into that. I know with the COVID and traveling and, you know, different, you know, groups of people feeling different ways about, you know, being face-to-face -face and moving around different people. But, you know, I definitely want to get back into coaching heavily again, you know, the fall, the winter time, mm -hmm. uh, stuff. You know, I did that a bunch, you know, four years ago, five years, four, like three, four years ago. And, you know, the whole traveling aspect, you know, I got to see different things. Lacrosse has brought me so many different places, brought me to see and meet so many different people. I got to eat so many different foods. You know, people always hit me up. Hey man, I'm going to this place. I know you coached there. I need some recommendations. I'm like, I got you, you know, because spitball yeah. different things. So I think my advice to people, young people, especially do as much as possible. Totally. You won't remember that you're tired. In the moment, you might be a little sleepy. Traveling, you know, can can catch up to you, but do as much as possible, you know, and then you'll figure out what really you know drives you, what really makes you excited, and that's what passion is—drive plus excitement. You know, you're gonna get things done. Yeah, I love that, and I think it's important to do a lot of things, get out of the comfort zone a little bit, even if you fail, might not like it. Um, you just crossed off the box and, and keep going. So that's awesome. I appreciate that. And so now just quick 10 questions, one word answers, maybe one phrase, um, and then that'll finish us off. So starting off with who was your favorite athlete growing up as a kid? LeBron James. Who's your favorite athlete to watch in current day sports? Might be the same answer. I like watching KD. Yeah, yeah, he's good. What is the best moment, maybe favorite moment of your own sports career? Um, definitely winning the national championship my uh, sophomore year. Sophomore year. <clears throat> What is your favorite dodge or maybe move on the field? I know you, I know you got a bunch. You got the hitch, you got the bull dodge, but what's your favorite? Yeah, I think the bull dodge is one of my favorite ones. I use it a little bit um, less frequently, but I think the reason why it is my favorite one is because it sets me up for so many different things. If I run full speed, it's, I, people sometimes people will brace themselves and like stop their feet and then I can just <laughs> run by them. Or like if I'm like at a position, like, like maybe 14 yards away from the cage and I want to get a good shot off, I can just like, just like take a few couple, you know, a couple few hard steps, lower my shoulder, knock my balance. I'm at a 10 yard shot. So I can use it in, in different ways. Love it. This one's tough. Um, and you won't hurt any feelings, but who's the best teammate you've ever played with? Maybe not best player, but best teammate. Best teammate. <clears throat> I think I have to say Demer class. And I, and the reason I say that, not only because we played together for four years and had such great connection, but I think the way he was obsessed with the game and obsessed with working hard helped me work hard as well. You know, he was a guy that our sophomore year, we both had a chip on our shoulder when um, it was funny, we were sitting in class together and we should have been paying attention, but um, inside, the cross, <laughs> inside the cross came out with the top 10 midfield units heading into the 2014 season. And obviously now that I think about it, like why would we be on there? Deemer, you know, had like, 15 points I had like 20 points and we had Christian Walsh who was like you know a hybrid attack midfielder coming back and so 
there were a lot of guys who kind of proved themselves before then, but we were left off that list. And I think we went and actually shot every day, all, like whether it was practice or off day for like a month straight. And I think that's kind of just, he, he, he helped me with that. And that, that's why we both had really six seasons that year. Amazing. Can't wait to tell Jordan Wolf. Good friends with Jordan. <laughs> How much of a pain in the ass was he to play with? <laughs> uh, yeah, he was, uh, I love Jordan. He was, he was funny. Cause like, me and him would always like have this like underlying joke where like if I got the ball, he felt like I wouldn't pass it to him. And if he got the ball, he felt like I wouldn't, he wouldn't pass it to me. I'm like, and we would always joke around like before practice, hey, listen, like if you, you know, if you dodge, make sure you just throw it, throw it forward. That's what you say to me. I'm like, hey, listen, when you dodge, throw it forward. Like, <laughs> but you know, just playing together was awesome because he and I played together on the right wing and we played the two-man game. Yeah. But like he never wanted to go to his left. So I would set the pick on his on his left, make the defender at least look half a second. You know how fast he is. He just sprints over to the yeah. right towards the goal. But when I started going uh, to the left a lot, my sophomore year, he would set a pick on my right, and I would just run down the alley and shoot it. And he would, and we just like toy with defense. But that's how me and him kind of bonded. Amazing. Um, so now shifting gears from lacrosse, but who is your favorite move, music artist? Drake. Drake. Best place you've ever traveled, or maybe even a, a dream vacation spot. I, Both, recently, I guess. Yeah, I recently just went to St. Thomas, and that was unreal. Sorry. Jumped off a 55-foot cliff, uh, swam with sea turtles. We just – we it was just an unreal trip for sure. That's sick. Um, okay, and then last one here. What is one word that best describes you? That's tough. Yeah, you know, I always joke around and say that I'm a, a, a social chameleon. So I guess a chameleon. That'll be my spirit animal. Can I just blend in anywhere, adapt. do all things, you know, adapt to my environment. Like I hang out with, I've like when you look at my groups of friends, it's just like, and you put them all together, you're just like, you're, you can't see the connection, but the connection is me. <laughs> it's a great answer. I love yeah. it. Uh, well, Miles, I appreciate the time today. Um, super excited. Hopefully, we can dive in, tell your, tell your story talk about your journey some more and, and just thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of the Pass the Torch podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, head to torchpro.com for more content with pro athletes, coaches, and sports personalities that include some awesome behind the scenes video features and even docu-series. I promise you guys will love the content. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next show.